Welcome to Annie's Pink Chair, where we bring real, raw, relevant issues from a woman's perspective with wit and wisdom. I want to talk to you today about the word sanctification. Some of you think that's a really old-fashioned word. I've heard people say, well, what does that mean? And it really does sound religious, doesn't it? Like sanctify, sanctification. It sounds like something that we normally don't use in even church services, I haven't really talked about or heard about people teaching about this in the church. And I wanted to look it up because the other day I was reading the New Testament. And I'm going to tell you why. I had something really crazy happen to my husband and I. And I don't know, some of you might not know who my husband is, but my husband is in a band called Striper. And it's a rock band from the 1980s. It's a band that actually throws Bibles out into the audience and sings about Christ, sings about Jesus, sings about God, sings about faith, uh, circumstances, and the music's very, it's very rockish. It's metal, basically. And my husband got involved with this band because he met the two brothers, the Sweets, in high school, and they started playing music together, and all of a sudden, they were dedicating their lives to Jesus in a garage during practice and they started singing about Jesus and believe it or not it was a hit in the rock clubs go figure and people would literally line up outside the rock clubs these teenagers just clamoring in to see Striper in Hollywood like blocks of people coming in and They've played with a bunch of very famous bands, different band festivals. But what really happened that was really, really life-changing with Striper and culture-changing with Striper was the fact that they got a record deal and they started playing their music on the regular radio. They crossed over, basically crossed over. And MTV, all of y'all know what MTV is, right? Music television picked them up and one of their first videos that they did and started playing their music videos on rotation for the next couple years and they were the number one requested band on music rotation and it was just a miraculous thing I think that actually God had a big hand in that to put them in this place where the regular world that normally didn't go to church and people that went to the rock clubs and people that were listening to rock music were actually getting exposed to the truth to the gospel right to the to the beautiful news that jesus died for our sins that he loves us that there's no more shame no more guilt no more fear no more pain well actually if you're a christian let's be honest with you some of us we have pain and so striper my husband is the guitar player and they've been together for about 35 years ish i'm probably quoting the wrong time frame but I got married to Oz Fox in 2009, June 5th, 2009. We were engaged for about five months before we got married. And he became my best friend, my confidant. Just, he's my everything, you guys. In fact, it'll be 12 years coming soon that we've been married legally together. And my husband has two brain tumors right now. We found out in August 2018, he had a seizure on stage. And so, for two years now, we've been watching the tumors. He has an acoustic neuroma and a glioma in the back of his brain. And both are growing. 
centimeters, millimeters at a time. And so we are coming to this place where we know that we have to do some sort of intervention, even though we've already tried different things already, natural therapies. We've tried Rickson oil. We've tried a bunch of vitamins and e eating a keto, clean keto diet. Trying to keep him on track with that is actually not that easy because he's very rambunctious. He likes to eat sugar. So, and he loves Mexican food, obviously. He is a Mexican-American, so it's his, you know, comfort food. My husband, about a week ago, had a, another brain seizure. And I was there, fortunately, just by the grace of God, just by the grace of God. And so when I got home from work, I was there about 10 minutes and he fell down. Actually, no, I'm sorry, he did not fall down. He told me he was going to get sick. He said, I'm not feeling good. I feel really bad right now. And there was this urgency and this panic in his voice and his eyes got really, really big. And it looked like it was like he was crying out for help. And immediately when he said that to me, like immediately I dialed 911 and my husband went down on the table and he started convulsing, foam out of his mouth. His eyes were looking in another direction. Some of you understand what a seizure is, but my husband had a, a massive seizure. And I brought him down on the ground. I called 911. I, I got him stabilized with a pillow. And just I was talking to him, asking him to try to breathe. He was not there, though. He was out of it. He was seizuring. So I did my best to try to give a calming atmosphere. And the entire time, you guys, guess what? I was saying, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, please help. Jesus, please help. And so the ambulance got there. Oz went to the hospital. Thank God, you guys. It was, it was literally a miracle that, again, I was there. And I'm, like, more or less in shock at the time. Like, I got triggered. My heart was racing. I actually felt like my chest was getting ready to be crushed. Like, it was like somebody was standing on my chest with this heaviness and I'm driving my car, and I, I swear, I was like in my mind thinking to the hospital, I was like, I'm just going to run all the red lights because that's just what I do when I panic. Like, I've done that before. I remember when my trafficker was chasing me with a gun. I ran all the red lights on the Las Vegas trip. I didn't care. And so I did not run the lights, <laughs> but I, I got to the hospital. And when I walked into the room, I turn, and he looks at me, and he smiles. He goes, baby doll. And he was back to normal. You guys, this is what seizures are. They happen to people with epilepsy, people with brain tumors or different brain neurological conditions. Maybe you've had a head injury or you were born or prone to have epilepsy as a child. It runs in your family. But my husband was in such a, a state of like normalcy when I saw him. And the doctors came in, they did a CT scan and they told him his tumors have gotten much larger. And of course, we're just like, duh, we already know that doctor. What was really cool, though, was the doctor and two nurses, they recognized us. They recognized my husband from his band. Uh, the doctor recognized me for the work that we do here in Las Vegas with Hookers for Jesus and Destiny House. So that was kind of a neat thing. And the doctor was like, you know, we were, we've been praying for you guys. And you guys, isn't that cool that people can be thinking about you and people that you've never met before can be actually praying for you. So let's get back to the sanctification piece because that night I stayed up all night with him. We had to move hospitals. I went home to get my medication for my thyroid, went back to the hospital. At about 5.30, the nurse came in and the doctor and said, hey, we're getting your husband a room upstairs. And of course, I'm just like, 
is there COVID on that floor? I was super paranoid about COVID. And he said, no, don't worry. That's on another floor. You don't have to worry. We're all masked up. Everyone's going to be fine. So I had to leave the hospital. I went home and I literally laid there and fell asleep. I was asleep for about two hours. And I remember waking up and, you know, my, my go-to is, okay, let's listen to some music that's going to soothe me, some music about God, some music about Jesus, pray music. But I, I instinctively uh, picked up my Bible and I was like, I have to read. I just have to read something. Just give me something. And what really happened for me was this, this revelation. It was really, really, really cool. I, I felt like the Holy Spirit was talking to me. And one of the scriptures that I ran into in 1 Corinthians six eleven it says, and, and such were some of you, but you were washed and you were sanctified and you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the spirit of our God. And I remembered reading like probably about a week before that I was in Thessalonians and it says, for this is the will of God, your sanctification. And I was like, ugh. That's God's will for us, sanctification. And, and for me, when I read that, I was like, that seems like hardcore. So in other words, I have to allow God to do these things to me so that I can become sanctified. That's his will. His will, yes, is to get in the knowledge of who he is and to realize who he is and why he died for our sins and everything else like that. But his will for us is to be sanctified. And so I had to look that up. You guys, listen to this. There's different meanings of that on the internet. But the Christian, the Christian aspect of sanctification is this. It's a verb and it says to set apart to a sacred purpose or a religious use. Pretty simple, right? The other word for it would be consecrate. So we're going to set apart a vessel. Let's say we're only going to use China, China dishes. My mom did this during Thanksgiving and Christmas. We're only going to use these dishes during this holiday. It's for special use, right? And then the other meaning in the verb was to free from sin, to purify. That is really, really special for me personal because to me that speaks that Every single day, God is working out our salvation. We are working out by offering ourselves to God. Like I got saved and completely surrendered to Christ in August 2nd of 2003. Now, prior to that, years going back, I would had given my life going to church as a little girl. I was about four or five years old. I don't really remember the date, but I do remember sitting there in Sunday school singing, Jesus loves me, this I know for the Bible tells me so, and then getting this glow-in-the-dark cross and then being confirmed as a Lutheran when I was a teenager, when I was 13 or 14 years old. But the, the purity and being purified through our life in, in realizing that we have sin. And so here is one definition that I wrote down that I loved. The sanctification, it, it's a process, right, of growing in the knowledge of Jesus. And here's the kicker, you guys and the experience in Christ. So there you have it. So it's our walk. It's our belief, our faith. As we apply the word of God in every single experience, it's not just the knowledge. 
Because yes, we have the word of God and the knowledge, right? That, that, that's right there. It tells us that Jesus died for our sins. But to not to believe that, but not live it is two different things. We can know all we can about the Bible, top and bottom. We could have it memorized if we want. I mean, the Israelites, right? The Pharisees and the Sadducees had to memorize the Torah, the first five books of the Bible. But to live it out, to actually believe what it says and apply that to our lives. So I was like reading that scripture about being sanctified, the will of God to be sanctified. And I was like, is this what you're talking about, Jesus? Like I got kind of sassy with God, like, you mean this situation? And I was saying this to a couple of my friends the other day, like, I've never experienced this before. This is so new to me to feel this fear and this deep anxiety. And maybe someone watching right now, some of you listening right now would, would agree with me to care for a loved one that's not well, that is facing a life-threatening illness. And that actually this illness is so life-threatening, it deals with their brain, like my husband, that I, I, you know, this is something I've never experienced before and I don't like it and I'm really uncomfortable right now. I am not sleeping normal right now. It's like I have some anxiety symptoms that are happening. My heart's fluttering a lot. I'm not eating like I nor like normally I will love like carbs. Like I'll have my Cheetos at night. I'm being honest. I eat Cheetos sometimes, you guys. I'm telling on myself, but I love my toasted bread with peanut butter on it in the morning. And you know what? I have not been craving that because guess what? My nerves are on the edge, like they're on the edge. But I know this to be true, that God is doing a work in me. The Holy Spirit's doing something to me right now. And I know he's doing it for my husband. And as hard as this is right now, you guys, surgery, we're facing surgery. He's facing two different types of surgery. One total recession and removal of the acoustic neuroma tumor, which he will lose his hearing. And there's a possibility he's going to lose the, the left side of his face, the feeling and the, the expression, face expression of smiling and his eyes closing, his mouth opening. So his eye might stay open while he's trying to sleep because he won't be able to control that part of his face anymore because the nerves have been uh, actually encompassed by the tumor and wrapped around the tumor where it's kind of hard to take the nerve and pull it out of there undamaged. So they just have to snip the nerve out. And guess what? No more nerve, no more face movement. My husband's going to probably lose his hearing on the, I think the left side of his ear completely. He's not going to be able to hear anymore. And thank goodness he has the other side left. So, hey, one is better than nothing. And that balancing process of recalibrating the brain and the body walking and the balance mechanisms in your brain. I don't know if you guys know this or not, but there's balancing in your brain that goes on when you walk, when you sit down, when you get up, when you run, when you just, just do normal daily activities, driving your car, dri you know, riding your bike. You have to have that balance nerve I forget what it's called, but there's a, a part in our brain that's a, a related to the acoustic neuroma that he has right now that is sitting on the balance of his brain. So sometimes when my husband gets up now, he kind of has to hang on to stuff because he's kind of getting dizzy. So that whole, the whole recovery process has to happen after the surgery. But prior to surgery and during the surgery and after is my nervous tension right now because I'm thinking the worst things, the worst things can happen. Like, what if he dies, doctor? What if he has a stroke? What if he 
uh, has a major brain seizure while you're doing the operation. Like what if, what if, all these what ifs and God the whole time, the Holy Spirit speaking to me, what if Annie, what are you going to make me right now in your life? Like, are you going to trust me? Are you going to believe that I'm going to carry your husband through this? That I'm going to speak to the doctors, that I'm going to work through the doctor's hands and through the nurses and all the care staff at, at the hospital? You know, I have to believe this. And I'm like, God, what are you doing to me? He's like, I'm sanctifying you. I am making your faith greater. So I want to ask you a question. Who am I speaking to out there right now? Who am I talking to out there where God's trying to activate your faith to a deeper level and he's trying to get you to trust him? It's, it's like, you guys, it's a storm. It's a storm right now for me. And I'm in the midst of it. And I don't see the end of it. I, I just don't. I'm just being honest. And I was asking the Holy Spirit last night, you know what, God, can you just show me the shore? Can you just show me where the shore is? So if I have like an angle on my boat during the storm, if I can kind of see where, I'm, where we're supposed to be heading here or what destination you're taking us to, then I'll feel a little better, God. I mean, Holy Spirit, come on, Jesus, come on, show me something. And, you know, the Holy Spirit, like literally, he speaks to me in, in, in my own voice sometimes. And I know it's him because he's always course correcting me. And that's what he does. When we're sanctified by God and by Christ, he sometimes has to course correct us with a rebuttal of, well, you know, don't you remember that story? Don't you remember when Jesus walked on water and the disciples were in the boat and they were freaking out? Annie, you're freaking out. And there's no reason to be freaking out. I am sanctifying you. I want you to remember what you already know. You've memorized this. You know that story. You know what happened. They saw me. They saw me on the water. And I walked towards them. And, and, and Peter asked me to come out on the water that he could walk and that he could come to me. And I want you to trust me enough to not stay stuck in that boat to not be stuck in that position that you feel like the boat's sinking, that you can get out of that boat position where you feel like the storm's going to take that boat and capsize it, where you can get on that water and trust me and take my hand and let me walk you through this to the shore. And, I, and I'm speaking that to you today because this takes faith. What I'm going through, what my husband's going through, takes a deeper walk with God. Look, we have two choices, Right? You have two choices, my friends, right now. You can literally turn your back on God. And I was talking to Michael Sweet and Lisa the other day, and he said this, uh, just this question. He goes, you know, I just wondered, you know, his wife, his former wife, Kyle, died of cancer, ovarian cancer in 2000, I think it was 2005, and it was a really hard time for him. And I remember him going through that because I had just met Michael and, I felt so bad for him because he, he said to me the other day, he goes, I, I wonder, you know, I still wonder sometimes, you know, how can God allow the people that serve him to, to go through these type of trials? And I said, Michael, you know, it's funny because I, I asked God that the other day. Like, why is this happening? I mean, God, I didn't sign up for this. You didn't sign up for this. 
right? You didn't sign up for what you're going through right now. And, and I felt the Holy Spirit say to me, well, I'm sanctifying you. But he also said to me, even like yesterday and this morning, yeah, you did. Annie, yes, you did. I rebuke that right now. You did sign up for this. As soon as you accepted my name, as soon as you said, okay, God, I'm surrendering everything to you. I'm going to do your will. You signed up for this and you signed up to be sanctified. Sanctification, you guys, listen, it's not a pretty process. It is not a pretty process. You have to think about the, the person that forms the dishes, right? The person that makes the pot, that pot, that clay pot is not formed easily. I mean, that is a process of molding and turning that, 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 that wheel over and over and throwing water on there, taking the hand and molding it. I've been in clay class. I've made clay things. I've painted. I've made these items. And I know what the, and the messiness that goes in. The maker, when he's creating us, that sanctification, okay? He's creating us and molding us into his image. That's the ultimate will of God is to be molded into the image of Christ. And what is that image look like? Because guess what, you guys? Jesus himself, he was put on that cross for us to be crucified so that we may be purified through his blood sacrifice, that we would be sanctified through him. I I can prove it to you where it says it right here in the word. It is so good, you guys, to know that he is the one. It says, we know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. And that's, that's Romans 6, 6. But check this out, what it says in Hebrews 10, 14. For by a single offering, he has perfected for all time. And that doesn't mean yesterday, today, tomorrow, but it does. It means for all time, forever, forever, for those who are being sanctified. So his offering, his crucifixion on the cross was for our sanctification to show us, look, we're going to have to face some trials. We're going to even some of us will have to be crucified. And whether that means in a literal sense, in a martyr sense, or a, 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 a type of crucifixion of our flesh, of us dying, you know, in the spiritual sense, dying to ourselves and our own wants, our own desires and our own needs. And right now, I don't know what he's doing to me, but I do know this. I just need to trust him. And I don't know, and maybe, you know, you might know better for, for your situation and your circumstance. You know, we're facing a lot right now. Our whole country is, has pivoted and shifted during COVID-19. And we've never as a country experienced this before. But I truly believe this new experience for all of us as, 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 a, as a general population in the United States and as our world, we're all experiencing something brand new that we've never experienced with social media, with cameras on us, right? Communications, very quick satellite communication. This has never happened before. So we're all kind of experiencing this sort of sanctification in a way of, of, our, of our flesh. Like, how do we deal with this? And if some of you have never believed in Christ, this is the perfect opportunity 
to give your lives to him right now, saying, you know what, God, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's about to happen, but I know this, that you are the author and finisher of my life. And when I die, because this is what will happen when you believe in Jesus, you actually, you actually get to enter into eternal life with God, with Christ, with the entire heavenly hosts of heaven. Now we have, again, like I said earlier, two choices. We can trust God or we can say, you know what, God, forget you. I don't want to swear on TV. Okay, you guys, just forget you, God. I don't even need to believe in you. I, can just, I just want to be an atheist because this life's too hard. But you, you guys, this is, the, this is the truth of the matter. In the palm of our hand, we have an answer. And his name is Jesus. And we can choose him. And we can decide to walk with him through these trials. Let us have him sanctify us. You know, because my flesh, again, you know, my human nature just needs to not even be part of this. I need to trust God and allow the spiritual peace of me that God has put inside me as a saved woman of God and as you as a person that has accepted Christ that eventually will if you haven't accepted him. His God's spirit, his Holy Spirit comes and lives inside of you. And in that process, he speaks to you. He sanctifies you and shows you the truth as you're living out your life. And right now, the Holy Spirit's speaking to me that this is his offering to me. I'm going to go into a deeper trust of him and what he has from me and my life and the ministry that God's put in my hands and the ministry of my, my husband, Oz Fox, the ministry of Striper, the deeper walk that he wants to take us in to purify all of us. You know what, friends? I am not comfortable right now. I'm being honest. Like, I didn't even want to talk about this today. In fact, I wanted to cancel filming today because this is too vulnerable for me, but I know that it's his will for me to share my journey with you because I know some of you right now are probably struggling. And how many of you would, would say to me right now or, or maybe email us and, and text us later and tell us, you know what, Annie, what you spoke about today really, really spoke to my spirit. I just want to encourage you. that in the midst of everything you're feeling and what in the natural that it looks like, that he is with you, that he is right with you in the boat of uncertainty, that he is on that water asking you, will you take a step of faith with me? Would you walk with me and let me show you what it is to live for me? And no matter what happens to you, that you have to know and you must know this, that Jesus Christ is your answer, that he loves you, that he forgives you, that he wants you to become closer to him in a deeper relationship with him, to trust him on a deeper level and to know him on this new road that you're on. And he's inviting you. And won't you just pray with me right now? So we just come before you, Jesus, right now, Lord. And we just ask you that you would show us the way. And we pray this in Jesus' name. You guys, I, I just want to thank you for joining us today. I, I know I went a little bit long, but listen, trust me when I say this, that God's word does never return void ever. And it is will for us to be sanctified. And I, I just want to just also just thank you so much for all the thoughts, prayers, everything that you've done for my husband and I 
And you guys, today is a special day because I revealed my heart to you and I was honest and obedient to the Holy Spirit. And I thank you for joining Annie's Pink Chair. And please uh, like us and share this on your platforms if you can and spread the good news of what we're doing here at Annie's Pink Chair. We love you. Thank you for joining. Thank you.